0: Hello and welcome to Your Next Career Step, a podcast from the Alumni UBC Career Education Program. I'm Nicole Easting. On the first four episodes of this podcast, we'll be exploring the idea of adapting through change. Now is the time that many are rethinking what it means to be a leader, looking for motivation and inspiration. Join us in conversation as we learn from industry experts and alumni about career and professional development over the course of this mini-series. Over the past few months, we have been faced with uncertainty, unrelenting anxiety and frustration. Our daily routines are altered and we brace ourselves to adapt to the current climate. On today's episode, we are talking to Dr. Wendy Carr about how we can build resilience during challenging times. Dr. Wendy Carr is a professor of teaching and senior advisor to the Dean of the Faculty of Education at UBC. She has had a long career in education in the school system as teacher and district level consultant, as well as in post-secondary as a teacher, educator, and administrator. Her work in recent years in mental health literacy education has included the co-creation of a curriculum for pre-service teachers to develop their understanding and skills related to youth mental health. Wendy, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure to be here. So we're talking about building resilience in the middle of a pandemic. But really, building resilience is an important life skill, whether we are learning about it today, tomorrow, or the years ahead. And, you know, after talking to a number of people, a lot of people are really excited about this topic. But before we really jump into building resilience, I want to ask you, how do you define resilience? Perhaps we can set the stage by defining that word. Well,
1: that's a really good place to start, actually. Uh, Resilience uh, can be thought of as a process or a set of skills and attitudes that allow us to adapt to events in our life that challenge us. And these events can be related to our health, our home life, our work, uh, the world around us. And, for example, uh, a pandemic is is quite a large event to, to test our resilience.
0: So why is it important to build resilience?
1: Well, resilience is actually related to maintaining good mental health. Uh, Those of us with good mental health and the ability to be resilient can weather the ups and downs that we regularly face in our lives. We learn from these challenges and hopefully we grow so that we can face different ones in the future. Building resilience is a little like building the muscles in our body. We need to add stress in order to strengthen them. And sometimes we work our muscles just to the point where we feel stronger and and really able to perform tasks. And sometimes we work our muscles to the point of exhaustion where we're not able to really do anything. And so we need to find that sweet spot in terms of how we develop our, our strength, our, our resilience, so that we are actually stronger and more able to face challenges in the days ahead.
0: And is there a particular age that resilience can start to be taught?
1: At any age, really, in, in age-appropriate ways. Uh, I think one of the pitfalls of of parenting or or even schooling children is the sometimes the desire to protect them from adverse events in their lives and in fact what that's doing is reducing their capacity to develop resilience it's it's only by facing and addressing and overcoming challenges and stressors that we actually build resilience. So, from a very early age, um, it's important that, that children understand that they can face a challenge, they can develop ways to deal with it, they can get help, uh, for, certainly, and they, they learn about their own capacity to uh, address challenges in the future. And that's, that's how they grow, and that's how they become resilient.
0: So we have a lot of parents right now who are at home with their kids. Is there an example of how they can build resilience with the kids that they have at home?
1: I think the most important uh, thing for parents and, and for any of us right now is to maintain our own uh, positive mental health and help those around us do the same. So, you know, it's really basic What's good, and there's an important mantra that uh, Dr. Stanley Kucher taught me, and I pass it on wherever I can. Uh, What is good for the body is good for the brain. And so, exercise, eating well, getting enough sleep, and connecting with and giving to others. These are really the the tenets of of good mental health. They also uh, serve in the building of resilience and they help to structure. The time, they help to shift our perspectives. If we're feeling low, there's nothing like exercise or sleep or connecting and giving to others that, you know, will lift us and, and enable us to, to move forward in, in challenging times.
0: Speaking of challenging times, we are now about four months since the World Health Organization announced a global pandemic. What is one of the most important ways to deal with life during a pandemic?
1: Well, again, I'm going to draw on some important teachings from uh, Dr. Stanley Kutcher. You know, one of the things we need to do is to and and in the work that he's done and we've done in the UBC Faculty of Education around mental health literacy, and that's really understanding what is and is not um, a mental disorder. There's a lot of language right now about, stress and depression and anxiety. The latter two are actual clinical conditions. These are mental disorders. That's not what people are feeling during a pandemic. To be fair, there are some who are diagnosed with mental disorders. And and so what I'm speaking about now is the more liberal use of those terms. In fact, what we're feeling is fear. We're afraid. This is an unknown situation, and it's creating all sorts of um, fallout, shall we say? Financial insecurity, job loss, food insecurity—you know, the unknown—and that's that's really difficult to deal with. So, number one is is calling it what it is. It's a and it's a normal human emotion to feel afraid in the face of something like a pandemic. It's unprecedented in our time. Uh, So by labeling it what it actually is, that allows us to address it appropriately. And so when we're afraid, we need to look for calm, responsible leadership. And we're getting that in Canada and in BC. Look at the amazing uh, response we've had from our leaders and our public health officials. And that's reassuring in and of itself. That's going to continue. That will be a constant throughout this pandemic. The second thing we can do to address our fear is knowing what to do. And public health officials and leaders are advising us what to do, how to stay safe, how to keep those around us safe. And it's based on the best evidence available. So that's important. And that gives us a sense of agency. Okay, I know what to do. And then finally, it's courage. We need courage at this time to do what we need to do, what we've been told we need to do to protect ourselves and others. And through that process of identifying what it is and and figuring out how to address it, it actually gives us agency and control. And that's what many people, that's what knocked the, pulled the rug out from under our feet, is like, my goodness, we're out of control here, a virus has taken over. So... These, these steps are, are logical, they're not, nothing sort of revolutionary about it, but what it does is it takes away some of the uh, hyperbole around what we're feeling and, and actually identifies what it really is and normalizes it.
0: So you've talked about the, the feeling of fear um, and the unknown. I've also heard that levels of stress, anxiety, and depression are also skyrocketing. Do you think that impacts our ability to build resilience?
1: Well, in fact, I I think, as I mentioned, we need to be very careful using those terms. Some of them are actual mental disorders. So detaching that for a moment and looking at these as stressors, for sure, people are facing stressors uh, as they never have before in their lives. Folks who are able to be uh, resilient are ones who have faced stressors in the past and found ways to self-regulate, You know, manage their own emotions, figure out what their limits are, what their triggers are, how they can calm themselves and restore a sense of control and face what it is they have to face. And then there are others who are legitimately suffering and need help. And that's important to know as well. What is within our locus of control and what is beyond and, and how do we seek help? And that's actually part of mental health literacy is, is knowing how and where to seek help for yourself and for others. So I think that's an important part of what we're experiencing right now. And again, I think our leadership uh, nationally provincially and and locally, uh, has been very good at helping to direct people to um, places where they can get help. And it's up to us to learn how and where to seek that out.
0: So you've talked about like the definition of resilience. You've talked about um, the importance of mental health literacy and its association with resilience. I want to get to sort of the root of of the the theme or the topic of our podcast, and it's building resilience during challenging times. So how do we as individuals build resilience? You know,
1: it's really, is so different for uh, each of us. And that's where uh, self-knowledge is really helpful. Learning, and again, through life's experiences, we learn what our limits are and And how we respond to adversity. Do we run from it? Do we attack it? Do we roll with it? All of these help us. And if we reflect, sometimes a reflection can be very helpful. You know, how have I faced challenges in the past? What can I learn from the time I did X, Y, or Z? And how might that apply to this situation? And that's why uh, some people like to use uh, breathing, exercise, whatever it is that that can get them in touch with reflecting on how they've managed stress in the past. Uh, And that will help them to to chart out a a way forward. I have a very good colleague in the Richmond School District, Connie Easton, also a UBC alumna. And uh, she shared with a group of us, this great visual, and I'll, I'll uh, pass it on to you to upload to the alumni website. And it's, it's uh, from some African scholars who show how we move from a fear zone to a learning zone to a growth zone. And I think that's what a lot of us are experiencing right now, as I've already described, fear, lots of strong emotions and reactions. We need to move out, out of that place because we don't get a lot done. It, we, we kind of run in circles in, in the fear zone. So we need to accept that it's and, and feel those feelings that they're, they're ours. And they'll be different for everyone. Our limits or our thresholds are, are really unique. We need to move to the learning zone. and that's why in the Faculty of Education, that's you know, we spend a lot of time in, in trying to get learners to that zone. And that's where we build knowledge about what's going on inside of us, what's going on in the world, what's going on with those around us. And in that learning zone, we build capacity to deal with adversity. And hopefully we move to the growth zone. And in the growth zone, that's where we adapt that's where we can actually move from our self-focus to focus on others, our our immediate and community and beyond. And that's also where we can focus on the future and we can find purpose and we can find hope. And so that's a really wonderful trajectory that I think all of us are moving through in our own way, in our own rhythm, and depending upon you know, the external conditions that are going, and internal conditions that are are going on for us. But that's the general, it's moving sort of from panic reaction to knowledge building and capacity building to actual growth.
0: We'll be right back. This episode of Your Next Career Step is supported by TD Insurance. As a trusted partner of Alumni UBC, the TD Insurance Melosh Monex program is dedicated to helping UBC alumni get access to preferred insurance rates on home and tenant insurance. Find out more at alumniubcca TD. And I imagine that takes time. <laughs> time to do, time to build and evolve. It absolutely does, and it
1: really depends on, on your life experience to this point. You know, if you faced a lot of adversity in the in the past, this may be, I'm not going to say it's business as usual, heavens no, but, you know, where you, you can be pragmatic, you can put it into perspective. For some who have maybe been protected from adversity or just, you know, not faced uh, much in their lives, this is a really big deal and it's going to take them time. And that's where others can help. That's where we can help our Neighbors, friends, people in our community, to 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 move out of that reactive phase because we don't get a lot done in that phase.
0: One day I'm going to put you on the spot here for a moment. Can you think of a time in your life when you when you built resilience? Can you provide an example? It can be small. It can be big. Sure. Sure. Uh, Well, I
1: think along with everybody else who's listening, uh, I'm building a good chunk of of, uh, my resilience muscle right now uh, during this pandemic. But certainly, I left home at a very early age. I was 16 and uh, went to university, left home, supported myself financially, etc. That was a a big, big time to learn. Uh, Fortunately, it was so forward, future focused that I... I, I certainly experienced the fear zone, but I moved into a very active and long learning zone in those those years. Uh, just with so many changes and so many ways to adapt, so I adapted very quickly when I left home. I think that's pretty typical for for many people. It's it's that ability to to uh, roll with the punches, face adversity, and learn from that adversity. You know, if you don't learn you're going to keep going down and make, as they say, the the same hole and and making similar mistakes. That's what we don't want. We want to make sure that we actually learn and grow at the same time.
0: Thank you so much for sharing that personal story. I think some people might get caught into this cycle of learning and there could be a barrier or a roadblock to to push them through into that growth stage. Is Is there any advice or anything that you could share To recognize when is learning enough in order for you to push through to the next phase?
1: That's a really uh, insightful question. And I I will admit that I, you know, some people don't move into the growth zone. Uh, They'll spend their lives learning or not learning. And sometimes we have to unlearn things that, um, you know, bad life habits, shall we say, that we need to grow out of in order to grow forward. And some people need help. You know, I, I, I'm speaking as though, you know, there are no hurdles that, that are impossible to, to, to climb. That's not the case. And certainly people who suffer from mental illness or real adversity, you know, a terrible loss on any level, emotional, physical, those are very, very difficult to bounce back from. And some people, in order to um, survive, have to stay in a state where they, they are in pain and they're going to stay in that state until they are ready or they receive help to move forward. And that's why help seeking and reduction of stigma are so important in the whole mental health literacy area is that being able to say, you know, I'm stuck. I have been in this state of mind for quite some time and, you know, life just looks black to me. What can I do? So being okay to say that is the first step, so so not worrying about the stigma of admitting you need help and then actually seeking help and getting it. that's that's an important part of being um, of good mental health. And we all face times in our lives when we we need that help. So I think and I certainly this is a time when when some people really do need extra support. So those who can support themselves and and build their capacity for resilience good on them. And that's something I think that that we really need to focus on collectively. At the same time, there are others who really, really need help and and support. And so as much as we can identify those folks and and support them and help them, I think is really important.
0: So I'm very goal oriented. And I think uh, a lot of other alumni might also be goal oriented. How can you measure if you've built resilience? How do you know if you achieved it or not? And is there a sense of, uh, of achievement? Each of us is so different
1: that our capacity or our threshold for managing and adapting to stressors in our life really varies. It really depends on what you have faced to this point. Our capacity for resilience is constantly being tested. I guess that the, the only measure that we have is, is a qualitative one and it's a self-measuring one, it's our own ability to withstand the next pressure that we face. And some people develop resilience at a very early age and they are able to adapt to the next challenge that they face. And others are are absolutely knocked off their feet at each and every time because they they don't for some reason they don't learn, they don't grow their self-talk, perhaps, you know, telling yourself, I have encountered a similar challenge and I have beat it. I know I'm going to be okay this time as well. You know, that, that kind of recording in your brain really uh, is a, is a, is a sign of resilience and some people have developed that really well and others have not and they need help to be reminded of how they've overcome instances of of needing to adapt in the past so i guess we measure it by our capacity to continue to withstand stressors and whether we like it or not that's day-to-day life good mental health means adapting to the, the ups and downs of everyday life because they, they don't go away. Our, it's just our ability to, to deal with them that, that grows or does not.
0: Wendy, what's the last message you would like to share with us as we adapt to our current environment? We really need to find ways to build resilience now during the
1: crisis rather than waiting until it is, it's over. Uh, don't put this process on hold. I think it's it's really important to find times to be calm, uh, continue to inform yourself about what you can do to stay safe, take care of yourself and, and your loved ones, reach out to help others. All of these help us to, as I've mentioned, maintain our own sense of agency and control. And the more we do that in the moment, the better able we are to address what's coming next, because we don't know what's coming next. We've never known what's coming next. And so how we will adapt and and build that resilience muscle depends on right now. And I think that this, this way that we are adapting all of us and changing is also the way that we're going to find hope. And so I feel hopeful about the future. I have no idea what it's going to be. It's the first time in my life where I've had such a limited view ahead of me, uh, and yet I am hopeful. And I, I look for signs to to feed that hope. And I, I, I think that that's a message that uh, I would like to leave you with.
0: Wendy, thank you so much for um, spending the time with us today and for sharing your insights, knowledge, and educational resources with us. We really appreciate you taking the time.
2: Your Next Career Step is a production of Alumni UBC's Career Education Program. Thank you to our host, Nicole Yeasting, and to our guest, Dr. Wendy Carr. Thank you to everyone involved with creating this podcast and our affinity sponsors, TD Insurance, BMO Alumni UBC MasterCard, and Manulife Financial. A big thank you especially to Jenna McCann, Brian Short, Mike Amak, Pam Yan, and Danielle Flan. And of course, to our audience. Thanks for listening. If you haven't already done so, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, rate and review this podcast to help others find us. Our next episode, Understanding Employee Motivation During Change and Uncertainty, featuring alumna Leah Ellinger Pezer, a researcher at the University of Calgary and principal co-founder at Lead the Future, will be released in two weeks. See you then.